This is episode 430, what to do when things feel out of control, when you really like control with Kato. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. As a reminder, every Wednesday, I air a coaching episode, an unedited, unproduced, unfiltered, raw coaching episode between me and a beautiful, courageous, vulnerable caller. And every Saturday, I air a coach's corner where I teach you or speak to you about something, or I have an amazing guest on the show with me. Today is, well, this is coming out on a Wednesday, and this is a coaching episode, and we're going to talk a lot about control. And this particular guest, Kato, is pregnant, and she's being confronted with, oh my gosh, I can't control this whole thing. But this really applies to anybody, any gender, whether you're pregnant or not, when we have a relationship with control and it gets threatened, it can really put us into a panic. So as you're listening to this call, consider, do you like control? Does it make you feel calm and safe? Do you consider yourself a capable on top of it person, but recently something has happened in your life that has just completely thrown you off your game? Do you fear not being relevant or not being significant? And finally, do you actually know how to receive or is there a belief in there that you must do and do and do and do and do and do in order to receive and be relevant? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Kato. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for today, which is Caraway Cookware. I love Caraway Cookware. I cooked my Thanksgiving dinner in Caraway Cookware and all my leftovers are in Caraway storage containers. It's actually quite disturbing how many toxins we live with on a daily basis. And, you know, our body can process a lot of them out, especially if we do detoxifying things. But honestly, like we're just living in a more and more toxic world and we need to do what we can to circumvent it when we can. And Caraway Cookware is a great way to do it. All of their products are made without any toxic materials or hard to pronounce chemicals. Their ceramic naturally slick surface means minimal oil or butter. This stuff doesn't stick to the pan. I've tried other non-toxic cookware and everything just sticks to the pan and it makes cooking not so fun and very messy. Caraway's products are also beautiful. They come in a variety of colors and they will go with any design aesthetic. So here's what you can do to get 20% off your next purchase, which is a great discount. Go to carawayhome.com slash over it. That's C-A-R-A-W-A-Y-H-O-M-E.com slash over it for 20% off your next purchase. Over 50,000 people have raved about their Caraway kitchen. Now it's time for you to try it. Carawayhome.com slash over it. And now on to my coaching call with Kato. Kato, welcome to the show. How can I help? 
Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I felt a call to share a little bit more around what I've been navigating over the past couple of months. Mm -hmm. So to just give you a little bit of context, sure. I fell pregnant a couple of months ago, and that was a massive change and shift in my life. And it basically brought up all of my shit, <laughs> all of my so stuff. So this was not, not planned or expected? It is welcomed, but it wasn't planned. Got it. Yeah. So I work as an astrologer and I had a plan for next year. Little did I know that next year is when I'm giving birth, not when I'm falling pregnant. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there was like a couple of things uh, taking place. And I think what happened for me is that at the time when I fell pregnant, which was in August, I just made a huge investment into my business, into my growth. I invested into Elementum, which mm -hmm. is your program. And then all of a sudden I felt pregnant and I was like, holy shit, how am I going to combine everything? How am I going to do all of this? And I went actually in a complete panic mode. Mm. And what, I, what I'm saying, all of my stuff came up is like, I really reached like the lowest of my low which was actually a surprise to me because I always thought of myself that I'm like this strong, independent woman who knows what she wants and is a go-getter and is very like driven and ambitious. And then all of a sudden I'm meeting these sides of myself that I didn't even know that was there. And that was really confronting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And where are you now with it? I am at a much better place. I felt like I moved through a lot of things and this is where Elementum helped me a lot <laughs> in uncovering and going deeper into my own shadows around like, what was it now exactly that came up for me that was just so stirring up the pot so much. And where I'm at now is that I'm actually really happy. I'm carrying a baby boy and I'm excited about it. Um, but there's also at the same time, a lot of like self-fear and doubt and like this whole identity thing that is still oh, yeah. in place and yeah. you're a, a mama as, as well so I'm also curious to hear how it was for you but it's like I said I know myself as like this confident woman who knows what she wants and what she's doing what she's after and like now all of a sudden it seems like I'm doing something for the first time in my life that I have absolutely no idea <laughs> and, like, and no control over and no That's control the most over. Thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That is one of the biggest lessons in motherhood is yeah. that we have no control. So one thing that, well, first of all, I want to say congratulations on Thank this little you. boy coming into your life and the initiation into motherhood. And we'll talk about the stuff people often don't talk about. And we'll talk about the grief that comes as we transition from maiden to mother. But first, I want to just look, just bring something to your awareness that the pregnancy has illuminated, but I don't think has to do with the pregnancy. So yeah. you said, I've always considered myself this confident woman. So you have this identity, this perception of yourself. And now all this shadowy stuff is coming up. And so what I hear in that. And my words might not be exactly how you would say it, but what I hear in that is there's this way that I believe that I need to be or that I think I am. And then there's this other way when things show up that I 
judge or that I think is not me or that I think basically is out of alignment with how I perceive myself. And so what happens in that is a real sense of, for lack of a better word, panic, even though you might not feel panicked, but it's very unnerving. It's very rattling to our whole sense of self is what I'm saying so far resonating. Yeah, no, 100%. Absolutely. I was in a massive panic for like the first two months. Mm -hmm. It was like, I didn't recognize myself at all. I felt just dysregulated the whole time and I felt depressed and angry and all of the intense emotions. Right. So there's the part of you that has these intense emotions. And then there's a part of you that has an opinion about them, right? Because it's not the intense emotions that were the problem. It was how you felt about having them. In other words, there's a part of you that may sound something like this. I'm not supposed to feel this way. Or given who I am, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Something's wrong. Yeah. Which is very different than, oh, wow. Like this very human, raw, tender part of me is coming up. Let me just welcome it and be compassionate to it because the resistance to whatever is surfacing is what causes the panic. Because panic won't happen unless there's a part of us that believes something is wrong. Mm -hmm. So, and speaking from experience, what may be challenging in motherhood for you, and this is great that it's coming up now and you're able to like deal with it now is we all have our survival strategies. Some are more subtle than others. When one of our survival strategies that we think is our identity, but it's actually a little bit of a survival strategy, is to really like have a sense of who we are, control things in our life, like not have a lot of drama, not have a lot of unexpected things, like just kind of create more of a calm, controlled, life and controlled might be the wrong word, but you, you get what I'm saying. And then like something happens, like having a child where no matter what you do, like how many books you read, how much you prepare for the birth, how much you prepare for after the birth, any of that, you have no control. You have influence, obviously, and you have control over certain things like choices you make and things like that. But in terms of this other human being coming through you, there's like, there's such a sense of surrender. So that can very much push up against an identity and a belief system of like, I'm okay when things are in order and I know what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it resonates deeply. So what's coming up for you as I say that? Yeah, I find a lot of resonance in that. And what I came to the realization as well is that I've been using control as a strategy in order to create safety for myself, which is again, like this false sense of safety and security. But when I feel like I'm in control, like everything is fine and it shows up in like my business and in my life and in my relationship and stuff. And like what you said in the beginning, like it's so out of my control and not knowing what's on the other side. And 
because I had this vision of like, I'm going to up level in my business. I'm going to do all of these things. I'm going to be a successful business owner and entrepreneur. And then I was like, holy shit, how am I going to do this with, you know, being pregnant and like a baby? Right. And I think what I also want to share around this is that what a lot, a lot of things that came up for me was the fear of not being relevant, mm-hmm. the fear of not being significant. Mm-hmm. and the fear of, of not getting the recognition that I desire. And I think ultimately it comes down to like um, not being able to exist or like having the right to exist mm-hmm. because I find so much identity in my work. And if my work was basically taken away from me in that sense, because the first months, I don't know how it was for you in your pregnancy, but I couldn't do anything. I just... <laughs> I was just sleeping the whole time and I was judging myself for it because this is not how I've been raised. So that was like really challenging as well, where I found like, oh my God, what happens if I slow down? This is the scariest thing Mm -hmm. ever. How have you been raised? Uh Uh-huh. Makes total sense. How have you been raised? Well, both my parents have modeled to me that you have to work hard in order to be successful. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know I didn't do this intentionally. Uh, my parents did the best they could. Um, I have a really good relationship with my mom. With my dad, it was a bit of a, a bit more of a challenge. But I've definitely grown up with a father who was always like, "It needs to be better. It needs to be more, better grades, making more money, being more successful." So it's definitely like this voice that I have internalized of like, "Shit, I need to make sure that I'm keeping." ongoing and being on track with everything and my goals and I can't slow down because what does it mean when I slow down good question what does it mean when you slow down well I panic (laughs) my world falls apart I don't know what to do with myself and Mm -hmm. as I'm saying this I notice some tears coming up as well yeah so allow those to come yeah I suppose it just makes me sad I'm sad because sad that I'm just I keep chasing something it's like an imaginary finish line that does not exist <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. exhausting and well one of the things that you could keep you might be continuing to chase is your father's love and acceptance just for being you potentially moms too yeah and I think adult culture is is has um found, found peace with that and i'm fine with my dad but it's like little me that is oh yeah that has a lot of anger and sadness around it mm-hmm. i think that is what is coming up right now mm-hmm. well i encourage you to continue like that emma because i'm going to make an assumption here you can correct me if i'm wrong that you don't want to raise your son that exact same way you don't yeah, want him exactly. to raise him thinking he has to work really hard in order to be successful, that he has to achieve things in order to be valuable in the world. Because what happens when we have that programming is when we do stop, we absolutely go into panic because our whole survival and safety need gets triggered. You know, if we think that we only get love and we're only of value if we do, then when we stop doing, it definitely can cause a major freak out. Yeah. And you are a hundred percent right. It's like, 
that's where I suppose the depression came in for me because there were thoughts coming up of like, can I do this? Like, yeah. how do I raise a child without projecting my own shit onto my baby boy? And also maybe this desire of wanting to do it right and wanting to do it perfect and feeling like, have I done enough healing and work on myself to do this? Like, yeah, am I worthy of this? So yeah, that, that's definitely where I had like that big crisis going on. I'm like, fuck, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, honestly, no one's ever ready. Doesn't matter how much work you do. It's one of the biggest initiations that we can have is motherhood, parenthood, and especially motherhood. So what that definitely encourage you to re-listen to this episode when it airs, because there's a lot you're saying here that has to do with belief systems. A lot. Like so much of am I worthy to have this child is coming from not feeling worthy as a child yeah very 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 much that's like basically the pattern of my whole life that that's why I'm working so hard to prove you that I'm worth it to prove you that I have the right to be here so what would it take for you to stop doing that what would you need to know to actually believe there's nothing you need to do to prove. So I understand it from my rational brain, mm-hmm. but from like my emotional brain, I have no fucking clue what you're asking me right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. And like, I suppose, you know, I can give you an answer what I think it might be, but I'm not embodying it at all, if I'm fully honest with you. And I think that's mm-hmm. also where the sadness mm-hmm. around wishing it was like that, that I embodied more softness and gentleness and allowed myself to slow down. But yeah. in reality, that's not where I'm at. Well, the pregnancy is, for lack of a better word, forcing it. Like you said, for the first three months, you slept a lot, which you probably needed. Yeah. Right. So the gift that experiences like parenthood give us is even though primarily we are there for the child, we are there to be a shepherd and a guide and an unconditional love and as healthy as we can be for the child. There's many, many gifts that a child gives us as well. And I'm sure you're experiencing on some level, and you'll definitely experience it when you give birth and you meet your son. Like, how could any being not be worthy? Like the love that will be present if you allow it in will be deeply healing. Now, what could be a block to that is getting so consumed what you need to do, be the perfect mother, have the perfect birth, whatever it may be, perfect in air quotes, you know, whatever your version of perfect is, or like really be consumed with work or whatever it is that you actually miss out on embodying the feelings that are present. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. For example, right now in your pregnancy, you have, you are embodying receptivity. Your body has received a soul. It's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. And that's a 
pretty big manifestation of receptivity. So one suggestion I would have in terms of embodiment is like really embodying what it feels like to receive, really embodying what it feels like to be in your feminine. And if you can embody what is, then the worthiness will naturally come. The more we can accept and receive what is happening in our life, the more it starts to feel natural. And we don't even think about the worthiness piece because it just is. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And what comes up for me is that there's a reason why I felt pregnant now. In the mm-hmm. beginning, there was denial and there was anger at God. Because <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, God, how can you fuck with my plans? Like, how can yeah. you do this to me? I thought I was your favorite. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, it is really a gift because this is exactly what needed to happen in order for me to go deeper and evolve as a soul and as a human being and to really slow down because I was really forced to slow down. And I don't think there would have been any other way, you know, I don't think I would have stopped with rushing and pushing and forcing if I were in pregnancy. So this is the gift of actually me slowing down and softening into my feminine. And I do want to say actually that I feel more intuitive and so much more in tune with like my womb and my heart. And beautiful. so that makes me happy and that puts a smile to my face for sure. Yeah, maybe not entirely there yet, but there's definitely a progress if I compare it to a couple of months before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing that will help with the worthiness is when you have these big feelings, I'm going to call them big feelings, not shadow feelings, not anything like that, but big feelings is that you welcome them and you greet them with compassion, that you mother that part of you. You know, you have the ability to like practice mother now yourself and your own inner child of not going to fixing, not going to thinking something's a problem, not going to, oh, wait, this isn't the plan. And so now we panic, but really going, oh, hello, big feeling. I'm here to hold you, to listen, to nurture. There's no problem here. There's no judgment here. And just creating that space inside yourself. Again, that we aren't working directly on the worthiness, but when we feel worthy of expression and that our feelings and all of us is welcome, the worthiness just happens. Yeah. So, so what you mentioned in the beginning is like, this is not a pregnancy issue. It's the pregnancy activating this exactly. issue that has been part of my entire life and patterning and programming. Exactly. And I was aware of it, but not to the extent that I am right now. Yeah. What are you aware of now? That there is an invitation and an opportunity to deepen myself that. And to give myself the recognition first and foremost. And I feel like it's also like a reclamation of like stepping into my power. And I don't know what that is looking like around doing that. <laughs> it's just what it feels like. It's like um, coming closer to myself. And I think I've used work 
and being busy and productive and wanting to be someone relevant again as a strategy or a tool where I actually distracted myself from really being with myself yes that is what comes up now intuitively I don't know if that makes sense but it makes total sense and I trust your intuition on it yeah 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 and what you know is so beautiful like to really embody at this point is that there's nothing you need to do like are you actively working on growing your baby's fingernails in the womb right now (laughs) it blows my mind that I don't need to make a strategy or to do this to do all of that it's like all mother nature it's so wild exactly exactly so time to really embody the feminine way of creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is more responsive. Very powerful. But not this doing, 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 planning, planning, planning. Yeah. And what I would love to ask you as you're a feminine leader yourself and you're running your business, etc. I noticed that when I slow down, I become restless Mm -hmm. and I have this idea this feeling of like I'm wasting time right now Mm -hmm. and that's usually when I grab towards my work and be productive because then I feel good about myself and I'm not restless anymore and then I feel fulfilled and I feel like because my work is like I find a lot of purpose and meaning in that right well that's beautiful Um, that's beautiful that you find purpose and meaning in work what I would love you to do with the restless feeling is actually like go into it and go, okay, what is this restless telling me? Because you immediately go to, I should be productive. And I would say that's more dad's voice than your voice. Mm -hmm. So when you feel the restlessness, drop into a little more and ask what it needs. Sometimes it might be, I want to go create. I want to go work. I want to go serve. Sometimes it might be, I'm actually the restlessness is actually a wired and tired. I'm actually kind of anxious and I actually really need to rest. I need to go like lay on the beach and rest or I need to dance or I need to go jump in the water or I need to call a friend. You're immediately going to, I feel restless. I want to produce. I want you to be with that feeling of restlessness and just be curious about it because I have a feeling there are other things that it's yearning for other than being productive. And I'm putting productive in air quotes <laughs> because it's like, yeah. what does that really mean anyway? Yeah. You know, a person sitting in nature, calming their nervous system and just unconsciously radiating love because they're not in a stress response to me is incredibly productive. Yeah. 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 Again, like I, I wish I was there, but it feels so foreign. <laughs> so far away yeah but look at how far you've come since august yeah it's true i'm not saying you have to go sit in nature and meditate all day but i am saying be curious about the restlessness just be curious about it don't default to working every time because you think there might be something else in a lying um they are like being connected to that right well, I don't necessarily think it's like something underlying. I think that the restlessness is a bit of a programming that's coming from unless I do things in the world, my dad doesn't love me and I'm of no value. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm putting words on a feeling, like I'm putting words on an inner child feeling. It creates a sense for the inner child of, oh, oh, I got to prove my worth. Yeah. And it's weird because like now adult Kutso doesn't want to prove herself to her dad. Like I, I love my dad and it's it's fine. Yeah. There's peace and stuff. Oh, if, if our it's... adult brain ruled everything in our life, I wouldn't have a job okay. or a show. <laughs> <laughs> so it's little Kutso that we're talking about here. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. saying. Just be curious about the restless. Sometimes it might be that you want to go and work. I'm not saying that's bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying let's not default to that and let's be curious about it. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, really savor this time of pregnancy. It's really quite miraculous to have two souls in one body. Yeah. There'll be plenty of time to work and produce. You're only pregnant for a short time. Yeah, that is a beautiful reminder. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious to hear around you know when you fell pregnant did you also have like these thoughts coming up just curious to hear not as much because I did so much of my work around my achiever and my doer being Mm -hmm. my sense of validation you know and I also got pregnant in my 40s so I had a lot of time to do my career but when I had her and my life changed so drastically. Then I went through a lot of identity stuff. So mine hit more post-birth. Yeah. 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 Makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah. We all have our versions. You're not alone. You know what I was going to say before we wrap up is that often when in pregnancy, it's like, oh my God, congratulations. It's the most beautiful thing. And I don't think there's enough conversation around the fears that come up everything from fears of losing the baby to have something happen to the baby to our identity to our body to our work to our livelihood like it's it's a lot and i just want to say that you can be really grateful and excited and you can have these fears and concerns and it's yeah. all okay yeah it's like this multi-dimensionality that yeah. we're going through moving through as we're getting initiated into this new chapter of our lives exactly you're so right and that it's okay that's that's what i'm taking away from this that it's okay to feel both simultaneously absolutely it's absolutely okay and totally normal yeah this is really helpful thank you so much thank you so much for your beautiful vulnerability. And I could relate to so much of what Kato shared in this episode, especially that feeling of just feeling really on top of my game and then having a child and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so new at this. You know, when you're 20 years into a career, it's like, I know what I'm doing. I know how things go most of the time. I feel pretty confident, but ooh, new motherhood, that really threw me for a, well, Let's just say it through a big dose of humble pie my way. And I must say now I really found my confidence as a mom and 
I'm glad to say that chapter of shock and, oh my gosh, I have no control is behind me, but I'm still consistently confronted with the fact that she is another human being and I don't have control. I have lots of influence. I mean, you've listened to the show for a long time. Well, or maybe some of you are new, but if you continue listening, you will see that our parents and our childhood has a huge influence on our life. And they are their own sovereign being and things are going to happen and we have no control over it. And things like parenthood are a huge initiation. So I'll speak first to the, the mothers that, you know, one of the things that I think is very important for more people to talk about is that yes, having a baby is blissful and magical. And I was so, so grateful. And I obviously still am so grateful. I have Athena and it can be really hard at times really, really hard at times. And there are times when the hard times are more than the really amazing times. And that's okay. Like that's really okay. And it is an identity death. It absolutely is an identity death like no other. And there's no way around that. The more we resist it and try to hang on to who we were and try to keep that version of us, the more we're really going to bump up against a lot of resistance. Because when we get pregnant, and especially when we give birth, the old version of us dies. The maiden becomes the mother, and we have to find our new identity. At the same time, we're learning how to take care for another human being. So yeah, it's a lot. And I don't know how much of my audience are new mothers or wannabe mothers, but if you're interested in the coach's corner on the whole transition into motherhood and talking about the stuff that no one talks about, let me know because I will happily do a coach's corner on that. I'll bring on one of my friends who's also willing to be super real (laughs) and we'll go deep on the things we wish people would have told us. So hit me up on Instagram if you want a coach's corner on that. Not sure how many of you would actually be interested in that, but I'm happy to do one. So one thing Kato and I didn't get to too much is the significance thing because there are lots of directions that we went in this call. So Tony Robbins speaks a lot about how we have these kind of core wounds that result in seeking something. And one of them is the core wound of feeling not enough in some way. And so we seek significance to make up for that. I call them compensatory strategies. So it's like the overachiever. I need to do things. I need to prove my worth in the world. And so when we have that, when we feel something coming into our life, that's going to throw us off that doing game that, you know, I know how to figure it out and I know the formula for feeling significant. It's threatening to our whole sense of survival because remember as children, we need to belong. We need love and we need safety. So whatever we need to do and whoever we need to become to get those things, we do. So that need for significance comes from not feeling enough as a child, not feeling significant just for who we are as a child. And so as an adult, just constantly looking for, see me, love me, tell me how wonderful I am because that need was not fulfilled in childhood. Either we weren't told we were good at all or we only were told we were good when we did something quote unquote good. So that's the other thing for Kato to really unpack is this need for relevance, this need for significance. How can she transmute that? So there isn't this part of her that's always hungry for something outside of her because the transition to motherhood will be even harder because your priority is on the baby. It's not on being significant in the world. And that's a really good thing to come to terms with before you have a child. 
but pregnant or not, I know a lot of you out there have that need for significance. So just know you're not alone. No, it's a normal compensatory strategy, or I should say a common one. And really look to, okay, what is the inner child really needing? Because we don't need significance. Of course, we need to feel like we matter to some people in the world, that we mean something. That's a natural interdependent human need. But that need for relevance, that need to be known, that need to be somebody in the world, That's coming from an inner child or an inner teenager, inner adolescent who didn't feel like they were worthy enough. So that's the part we got to go to. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 